T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. What's trending? All right, let's check in on the hot topics. Trending, trending, trending. It'll be a quick one on what's trending because not a whole lot. We could do it forever, but we'll give you the nuts and bolts of what's trending. Chiefs, that's what's trending. Chiefs dropped their third game in December. They're one and three in December. They lose to the Vegas Raiders 20 to 14. Chiefs are now three and five in their last eight games. Only two games over 21 points in that span, under 320 total yards per game, 15 giveaways, only five takeaways, only two games over 100 rushing yards, averaging just under six penalties a game. That stat there by one Ron Cobb Jr. As he uh, joins us every night on Air at Pride Radio, he's their lead film analyst over there, three and five in their last eight games. It's a different Chiefs team this year. Uh, also, what's trending? Your Kansas Jayhawks in bowl action game tonight as they take on UNLV in the guaranteed rate bowl. Kansas is a 10.5 point favorite. Over under that game is 67.5. So, of course, I have the night off. I then think to myself, what would a nice parlay tonight be in a Kansas Jayhawks football game against the UNLV team? So I put it together. It's plus 550 if you want to jump along. Devin Neal, anytime touchdown scorer. Jason Bean, over 223.5 passing yards. Jason Bean, over 23.5 rushing yards. And Lawrence Arnold, receiving yards at 57.5. $20 on a plus 550 will win you 130 or 110, however you want to look at it. But KU plays at 8 o'clock tonight on ESPN. They'll play UNLV, 9-4. Kansas, 8-4. What a time to be alive. You get some some bowl game actions also today in what's trending. Bowling Green in Minnesota, they'll start in an hour. Texas State and Rice, that's at 4.30. Wednesday, slate of bowl games. Thursday, slate of bowl games, including a big one. North Carolina State, Kansas State, and the Pop-Tarts Bowl at 4.45. Should be a fun one in that matchup as well. Uh, that is what's trending here on Cody and Gold. 913-586-7610. I hope you're having a good day after Christmas. It's a lovely snow globe day outside. Those are some thick daddies falling down. This is a this is a nice little, you know, light snow coming down. Maybe not light, but it, it looks a little it looks a little hectic, you know? It looks a little, you know, tonight's gonna be a chilly night. Somebody said on the text line they had leftover prime rib. Now they're gonna cube up and throw in their chili. There you go. Send me the address. I'll come over and hang out with you. I'd love nothing more. 
Should I pick Bowling Green over Minnesota in the Quick Lane Bowl? Sure. Whatever you're feeling. Maybe this is a conversation that a lot of people might have scoffed at earlier in the season uh, when the article came out and that people are starting to, to see more realizations of. And I don't know where a lot of people's opinions are. Um, but I did gather with mine, with a, with a buddy of mine last night as we were talking post Chiefs game. And the text comes in, and it's kind of similar to the conversation we had last night from the A16. Do we really think that Kelsey will come back after this lull of a season if they don't pick it up? Every look of him on the sideline, his demeanor looks horrible, as would anyone's. I can see it being he doesn't want to go through another season like this or coming back hungry for more. So the opinion that I had, and I had it two weeks ago, and I've even ran it by Pete Sweeney, that there will be moves this offseason that have to happen. The offense is clearly the struggle point and the focus of blame in this season. And I think there will have to be, because of what we've seen and what we've heard from Travis Kelsey and his camp, that I believe he and Mahomes, who are the two clear-cut leaders of this team, have to have some sort of conversation with Brett Beach and Andy Reid to say, look, because that's what we've we've kind of coined today's show today as ripping the Band-Aid off, just letting it out. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't, you know, don't give yourself the mentality of like, well, there's still dinosaurs. Let it all out. Rip the Band-Aid off. Because one thing we've seen this year is that the Travis Kelsey of the past is not the, Patrick, not the Travis Kelsey of today. And that's just a fact. And he said multiple times, you know, I'm going to be here until they, you know, the wheels fall off or they're going to have to drag me off the field. 34 years old, getting beat the hell up every time he plays with a very promising future ahead of him. No, I'm not saying marriage. I'm just saying with what he's done so far this year with advertisements, TV, podcasts, number one sports podcast in the country. And all the opportunities that comes that don't involve getting surgery or getting, you know, chipped at the line of scrimmage or having to go through frustration. So I think there will be a conversation to be had where he's like, look, I'm not the same guy I used to be. I'm not the same person that I was in the league, and that's fine. Time waits for no one. But what I'd like to see us do, if I'm speaking as Travis Kelsey in this fake meeting that I think could happen, I think you could see, hey, go get a couple of big weapons around you know, me and, and, and Pat. And then I can just be the, you know, reliable option on third and short or in the red zone or, you know, but the days of having 13, 1,200 yards receiving, 87 catches and 12 touchdowns, that doesn't last forever. And the ripping off the Band-Aid sort of narrative would be like, hey, I'm not the same guy I used to be. I need more help around me. Because people said earlier, This is basically the same team as last year. Yeah, Kelsey was younger, right? He wasn't as beat up this year or last year that he was this year. Time does not wait for you as an individual. It will get you. So to answer that question in a long way, yeah, I think there has to be a discussion. I'm not saying that he's done. There are signs that lead to it would be the perfect time, right? You're a two-time Super Bowl champion. You are debated for a while, wherever that may be. You know, family settings, barbershops, 
dinner tables as probably one of, if not the best tight end of all time. Oh, and by the way, if you and your brother do call it quits at the end of this year, in five years from now, you can both go into the Hall of Fame together, and that should be a pretty special day for that family. So there are things I could point to that, but I do believe if I'm putting my hand in the air, I will say that I think that there will be a discussion of, hey, let's build this team. I'm no longer the focus of the offense, but I can still be very clutch in many, many opportunities. It's just not going to be the seven for 118 anymore. It's going to be four for 45 and a touchdown. And I'm okay with that because then you have still a dynamic tight end. You draft one or go get one and develop him under Travis Kelsey. He rides off into the sunset. You get some weapons around Patrick Mahomes. Time realizes time, and you move forward. I think this is definitely the last year where he's a focal point of the offense because I think it has to be. I think Mm -hmm. by depending on a 30-plus-year-old tight end who, Mm -hmm. remember, came into the season injured, right? He hurt his his ankle on the final practice before game one this year, and since then hasn't really seemed healthy. He talked about last year during the offseason on his podcast about how this was the most beat up he had been his entire career, and he's had so many surgeries, and he's been pretty up forward about how this game has beat him up. And it hasn't stopped. And I would even argue it's been worse this year because of his age, because he is the only guy in the offense where if you're a defensive coordinator, who else do you feel like you have to really focus on? Mm -hmm. Nobody. So you can go one-on-one with a lot of the other guys and you're going to take your best guys and you're going to beat the crap out of him coming off of the offensive line. So I think it has to be the last year that he's the focal point of the offense and moving forward. If you want to continue to develop a great team around Patrick Mahomes, that's the only way to do it. I wouldn't be surprised if he calls it quits at the end of the year. I do think it would be a great moment to see both the Kelsey's go into the hall of fame at the same time, but for him and his body and for just the way that this year has seemed to be so emotionally grasping for him, it does seem like it would be a good, a good way to call it quits. It just seems like what was really kind of a eye-opening article a few weeks back and people like, Oh, stop. Everything's fine. So now it's kind of like, you're like, well, I kind of could see it. I could see it, you know, being this way or, you know, being that sort of, you know, this is the end. I don't know. You never really know when the end is. Sometimes it just comes out of nowhere. And it's like, yep, this is it. I'm, I'm done with surgeries. I'm done with pain. I can make money. I can be successful and I'm going to be 35. The hell with it. I've had a good career. I don't know. I don't speak for anybody. I'm just giving out, what I think could be possibilities of truth. And that is what it is. It's a Band-Aid rip-off day. Somebody from the 832. I'll rip the Band-Aid. This team sucks. As constructed, this roster sucks. We are worse than our record and very easily could finish 9-8. and eight. We, would be, we will be less with the worst tackles and the worst receiver room in the NFL. The worst team in the playoffs this year has proved that we need a good offense and an average defense will suffice. Having top 10 defense is worth is worthless with the worst tackles and the worst receivers in the NFL. Fair. Rip it off, baby. Let it out. Because then you can drive through and you can see this beautiful snow and be like, oh, man, that feels good. I needed to get that off my chest. This team's still a playoff team. They still have Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback. Andy Reid's still the head coach, so maybe you still have that little bit of belief. But this team is different than the years past. It's just a different team than what we've seen before. 
it's always been fixed by this time. It's never had the cleanup narrative. And I get it. What are you supposed to, what do you expect him to say? I don't know. Jalen Hurts, what he say last week, right? This team is not mentally or whatever it needs to be where they're at. They had a game where they played the Giants yesterday and they won 33 to 25. Nobody freaked out on Jalen Hurts. Accountability, right? You're going to have bad losses, but when you go through a stretch of going three and five and eight games, you have to open your eyes and realize what is the obvious. And what's obvious is that this is just a different sort of team. This is not the same team of the past. Something is off. Rip that Band-Aid off, baby. Somebody says, fire Nagy. His nonchalant attitude sucks. Somebody then says, thanks for not ripping me apart for asking that question since most people don't want to accept it and argue it. You know me, man. Mr. Brightside, upbeat. I'm the shoulder you can cry on. Somebody says, a fellow 35-year-old, I hurt every damn day and I don't have people hitting me weekly. Amen. I'm 36, dude. My left shoulder is killing me because I probably fell asleep on my back last night. I can only imagine what it's like to be a 34-year-old athlete who's 6'6", 6'7", 250 pounds. And every day you're getting hit. Right? You remember when you watched Dwayne Wade play basketball? Maybe you didn't, but I did because I loved those Miami teams back in the day. And there was just a time where it was like Dwayne Wade's not the same dude. Hitting the floor, getting up in age, even though that age is like 33, 34, it is what it is. But I want to go back um, to this cut by Dayton Hughes with trust issues. Two minutes and 12 seconds of your time. Listen to the change in his voice, and then we'll discuss what we talked about, what is broken and what is lack of trust with this Kansas City Chiefs team. I think it's a mixture, Bank, and I give him credit because there are times where the smart move is to tuck it and run. Like that, There are times where, and it's not necessarily because the, the pocket collapses or because the protection isn't there. It's just that maybe the defense has dropped out, and we've seen that. I mean, you can go back to that great run that he had against the Titans in this first Super Bowl run where he, he scampered down the sideline. That was the smart move. It wasn't necessarily that there was bad protection. It's not always that. I think that's where fans have to recognize that sometimes when Patrick takes the ball and runs with it, uh, the key fourth down that we converted yesterday where he had the, the inside trap, the fake, and then he just ran around the edge and slid for the first down. That's not that's that's somewhat of a designed play. He has a run pass option and he opted to run the ball and get the first down. It's smart. But then there's times where you kind of wonder and and nobody can read his mind. Uh nobody knows what he's feeling in that huddle, but you kind of wonder is he leaving the pocket because he's not necessarily comfortable? Or waiting for that deep in to come across the field, waiting for that deep post to materialize, uh, waiting for those routes to unfold? Or is it because he's uh, not trusting the receivers and he trusts himself more? I think there's a mix, a healthy mix in there. Uh, but that's where the film study comes in. I guarantee today, if they're in the, if they're in the facility, which I believe they are because it's a short week, uh, if they're in the facility and they're watching film or he's at home watching it on his iPad, he's got to look himself in the mirror and wonder, you know what, hey, guys, I, like this is a game of trust. Regardless of, you know, how things are unfolding and how many hits I'm taking, like I got to trust the other 10 guys to do their job. 
And part of that job is the protection. And part of the other job is I got to throw it to guys that are eligible receivers down the field and trust that they can make those plays. Trust is a big issue here. And I think that's kind of where everything lies. And you can, you know, you can look at even as something as a relationship, right? The minute something happens consistently and you've lost trust in your significant other or someone that you're a friend with and it happens, you know, a few times, you no longer trust that person. And you then have little things that set you over the edge when it comes to, you know, how your performance is moving forward or how, you know, you are towards a certain someone. And that, I think, is what we've seen with this offense, right? There is a lack of trust in what's being shown on the offensive side. Patrick Mahomes led the team in rushing yards yesterday with 53 yards. Rasheed Rice was still your leading wide receiver, six for 57, but he didn't lead your wide receivers in snap counts. Why? I don't know. I know Jarek McKinnon's not in. I know that Ross has been out, and you had to kind of, you know, you had to get him in little by little, but at what point have you had any sort of trust that MVS can be that guy for you? It's not. And when he's on the field, you have to think that Patrick Mahomes is going to have those issues in his head where he says to himself, well, every time it goes this guy's way, it's either a drop or it's not on the right side of the field or we're not on the same page. And it makes you wonder, why is that man getting all those offensive snap counts with one target, zero catches, zero yards? In a game where you need someone to step up, that trust isn't there, which causes frustration, which leads to a broken system, right? Almost like a broken home. And I think that's where you see this sort of season going is that there's been so much of the same inconsistency that's been consistent on one side of the field that it's caused trust issues to happen. And Dana Hughes alludes to it, you know? I think you see plays where he's designed to run. Then I think you see plays where he's like, yeah, no. Not a chance. I've done this before. It didn't work out. We said earlier, Patrick Mahomes had 27 completions, 17. 17 of them were at or behind the line of scrimmage. That's not a normal Patrick Mahomes offense. And that also leads you to your faith and trust in, is it the offensive coordinator? Are things different because there's a different man on the sideline as the OC? You're fair to have that assessment. You're fair to have that argument. I have no issues with that. Because things are not like they used to be. And it's been this year where things have changed. Patrick Mahomes again yesterday, 27 of 44 for 235. One touchdown, one crucial interception. Mahomes had 10 carries for 53 yards. Isaiah Pacheco, 11 for 26, then left the game. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 4 for 6. Rasheed Rice, 6 for 57. Richie James, 3 for 54. Travis Kelsey, 5 for 44. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 3 for 42. Justin Watson, 4 for 38. Everybody else, one catch. I mean, Pacheco had 4, but no yards. You were fake punting in the first half against a Raiders team that you should definitely have more success than they should have against you. Their quarterback did not have a completion in the second, third, and fourth quarter. In fact, finished the game with six. Six receptions. Or I'm sorry, six. I'm sorry, nine completions. Nine. Looked at the number upside down. Nine of 21 for 62 yards and did not complete a pass in the second, third, or fourth quarter. Let me ask you this, and maybe this is a chicken chicken or the egg situation, but let me just speak out loud, and I'll, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. So the we alluded to the passing chart back in the first hour, and you alluded to it again, about how a majority of his passes, a significant majority of his passes, were behind or near the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Do you think that 
that offense was set up like that because there is a lack of trust throwing the ball down the field. And so the way that to sort of avoid any of those big misses down the field, they morph the offense around that idea of throwing it near behind the line of scrimmage. Or do you think it's the other way around where they're only throwing it behind the line of scrimmage and that is even hurting the trust more because they're not able to break the break it out and get any significant gains past that. Which one do you think it is? Or do you think it's something else completely? I think it's all the above. I think it's the fact that, one, defenses now, I think, trust and believe that there's not a receiver that can beat consistently their defense 1v1. They know Travis can, so they take him out of the equation and say, okay, you have Justin Ross, you have Watson, you have MVS and Rasheed Rice, who's a rookie. But good luck. We'll let you beat us there. And when they've tried to do that, it's led to deflected passes. It's led to drops. It's led to uh, misran routes. It's miscommunication. So now you have to take what you think that you have and the ability at your you know talent level wide receiver and think to yourself, okay, we know these are safe plays. Right? It's like a team that doesn't have any shooters. All they can do is score layups and 10-foot shots. Well, eventually teams are just going to pack the middle in and dare you to beat them from the outside or play a zone against you and say, hey, if you're going to beat us, then do it from a place that we know that you can't do it from. And if you do, more power to you. So I think there's a little bit of both. And I think what that does is that causes pressure to build up. right? And you look at the, the I think it was the second play of the game, where they had a miscommunication in the offensive backfield. And then you look at the game that was, or the plays that was after the fumble, right? Mahomes fumbles, the game is 9-7. to seven. The Raiders scored. The very next play, Mahomes throws in kind of like an errant throw pick to the right side that's picked, ran right back to the house. You just don't see those types of things from years past because there is the lack of trust in production and the, you know, the, the ownership of the team. And that frustration continues to go through in a domino effect. There's maybe a lack of accountability. There's, you know, a lack of, of certain things that'll go well. Like Travis Kelsey looked like a, like Travis Kelsey when he threw the flag at the ref in the Jacksonville Jaguars game yesterday. Slammed his helmet down. Andy Reid pulled rank and said, no, 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 no. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. You need to take some time and chill out. You're in timeout because the frustration level is so high. It's so high up there. And when you leave your defense on the field, they're able to close things out like they did yesterday. Long run, 226 left, and you lose your third game in December and go one and four. And everybody feels it today. Rip that Band-Aid off, baby. Speaking of Band-Aids, you won't need any for this night. Friday, January 12th, starting at 6 p.m. at Cinder Block Brewery, we'll be doing a third annual playoff pills to release. I'll be there broadcasting live at 6 p.m., the entire 610 Sports Radio staff will be there and present. And also, F325 Barbecue will be doing a special tailgate menu with wings, loaded mac and cheese, and barbecue sandwiches. So there you go. Make sure you join us on January 12th. Should be a fun time. Always is. Uh, from the a six, they won the Super Bowl last year and are content with that, so they just don't care. That is a take I'll never have. I'll never say athletes don't care. I will just say that frustration and trust will cause you to be a different human being. I've seen it on all aspects of life. It happens in football. It happens in the workplace. It happens at home. It happens on the golf course more than you think. 
man, I love my putter, but then it just gets the yips, and I don't trust it anymore. I'll just putt with a pitching wedge. That never happens. I'm not that good at golf. Uh, coming up on the other side, Nate Taylor at 1 o'clock. Also, uh, what the playoff picture looks like and what your belief looks like. Plus, we'll go back to listen to what Derek Johnson had to say because both Derek Johnson and Dana Hughes joined the Fesco and the morning crew this morning. Fesco out. Beagley was in with clean. We'll get back to that. Plus, again, Nate Taylor at 1 o'clock in studio. That's Quentin. I'm Dusty. This is out. It's not after hours. I knew I was going to do that. Damn it. Let's try that again. That's Quentin. I'm Dusty. You're listening to Cody and Golden 610. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio. As the Chiefs now shift over, they're in a Wildcat set again. And now a drop by Mahomes, and the Raiders will pick up the football and get a touchdown. After the Chiefs, did the same thing as Bilal Nichols, who used to play for Matt Nagy in Chicago. The Chiefs just ran a touchdown where they had a direct snap to Pacheco, who faked it to Mahomes. This time he wanted to hand it off to Mahomes, but it was not clean, and Bilal Nichols picks it up, and it's a Raiders touchdown. And on first down, a short roll, right sideline, throws intercepted. Picked off on the far side. This is going to be a pick six for the Raiders by Jack Jones. The Raiders are going to get two defensive scores in the matter of just seconds. Um, and so uh, I think just we got to clean. If we clean it up, we'll be able to score points. It's just we got to clean it up. I mean, I mean that's we're two games left. You have to do it. And if we don't, we'll be going home. So I think if we clean it up, uh, we'll have. If we clean it up, we can beat anybody. Uh, I truly believe that. Um, but uh, we got to prove that we can do it. You need a Kenny Omega sort of cleaner removing this room. That's what you need in this room. You need a you need a big cleanup. I don't know what kind of meeting gets drawn up or what they decide to do, but major cleanup needs to happen. Those were the sounds of Mitch Holtis and Patrick Mahomes' postgame press conference that you could have heard uh, on 106.5 The Wolf and then the press conferences you could have heard on Arrowhead Pride postgame show with Jay Binkley, who is joined by Josh Klingler and Pete Sweeney as well. Uh, as the playoff picture continues to you know, move forward, um, the seeding is there. The two seed is... Maybe not there anymore either. The one seed officially gone. It is now between the Dolphins, Ravens, and yes, I hate to say this, the Cleveland Browns. 
What a story. What a story that is. We'll get to the random question here in about 10 minutes or so, as they do every day on Cody and Goal. We keep the same format. We just have different voices today. So that's if you're asking uh, why that would be. Someone had asked earlier on the text line, um, they needed to regroup. They need to release some people. What's the possibility and what's the hit of an MBS? Uh, well, you hit, I think it's like $9 million in dead cap room. Um, but that was, you know, one of the discussions that I think a lot of people had on Twitter because sometimes it is fun uh, to go back and, and look at what some people say, some people credible than others, obviously, like Matt Verderam who's on there. You've got people like Pete Sweeney that will address things on the text line as well. And, you know, a cleanup in the offseason is also in in need, right? I think that you could almost look at kind of a similar thing of what the Royals did, right? The Royals drafted all those pitchers out of college, and it didn't really work out. And then they finally showed their true stripes last year as one of the worst pitching staffs you've seen. They find a guy in like a Cole Reagans. They go out and get maybe not blow you out of the water names like a Michael Waka, you know, or guys like those that we've heard, but it's something that has been addressed and fixed to get more consistency in there. Cause right now the narrative of the chiefs are consistently inconsistent and it's on one side of the ball. And I think the reason that it's okay to have these sort of takes, and we'll talk to Nate Taylor about this as well as he'll join us at one o'clock is that you have set yourself as the standard, right? You set yourself as Mitch Holtis once said at the top of the highest summit in the NFL as a champion. You've been to three Super Bowls, five years. You've had the AFC Championship game in your house for the last five consecutive years. You've never been on the road in the playoffs, and things are different. Why are things different? There's inconsistencies where things used to always be consistent. We were never having conversations of drastic measures about an offense, about trust, about things like that. And those things are clearly on the field as they gear up for the playoffs. Still the three seed shouldn't, in my opinion, have to worry about missing the playoffs, but the buzz going in there is different. And this was Derek Johnson with his concerns on that chiefs offense. Yeah, honestly, um, um, this year is the first year um, because we've had games in the past where you say, Oh, offense didn't look that too good, too good. And eventually they, they, they come on, you know, Uh, it's never consistent. Uh, being out of flow, but uh, right now we are out of flow um, offensively, and it, it's it's not just you know you know one group or one person or one thing. It's it's just a little bit of everything, right? Um, um, I think Pat is getting getting touched too much. I really do. I mean, uh, you can you can blame it on the offensive line. You can blame it on maybe Pat's holding the ball, trying to you know um, wait for guys to get open. Maybe receivers aren't. <laughs> Uh, getting uh, um, separations um, as much as they should. Maybe we're not running the ball as well. I mean, it's it's a it could be a a, a plethora of things. But right now, uh, now obviously, the offense uh, is capable, right? Got a lot of potential. But uh, right now, we're not getting the job done. And um, I'm, I'm sure Andy and Pat are the first people in line to say, "Hey, uh, um, this is some things we need to change." And 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 it starts with them. And, uh, I, I mean, I still have hope, but it, at the end of the season during December, we usually peak well this year. That's, that, that hadn't been the case 
and uh, um, we need to get it together quick because playoffs are right around the corner. Right he is. As the playoffs are right around the corner. The one seed now, as we said earlier, between the Ravens, the Dolphins, and the Browns, the two seed going to go to the Dolphins, you'd assume. Chiefs probably at this point will sit at the three seed and then would host somebody like Buffalo. Which you could sit there as a Buffalo fan and have some of the same doubts and be like, I don't know, man. But if you're anybody right now in the AFC, what's the, who's the one team you want to play in the playoffs right now? You want to play a wounded, beaten down Chiefs team right now? Or do you want to steer clear of that? Because there are definitely storylines for all NFL teams that enter the playoffs in the AFC side of things. Right? The Cleveland Browns, they've done something with Joe Flacco and Quentin's boy, Amari Cooper. 51 and a half fantasy points yesterday, so congratulations to all those who started him. Good for you. But also, you know, you look at the Chiefs. Are they that team? Do you have that belief still that you're like, you know what? You know, do you have that belief that, hey, let's get the playoffs here. And then we'll see that sort of Mahomes take off because it was just a week going through for 300 yards, over 300 yards against New England defense. Gave you some sort of, you know, hope. But I think the thing that you're consistently running into with this team is that in years past, it was always, oh, Mahomes doesn't lose back-to-back games. That's just not his thing. He doesn't lose in November and December at home against AFC West teams. Those things are happening. It's a different team. You are entitled to the gripe that you have this year with this team because something is not the same that it's been in the past. And it's a lot of the same characters, but yes, they did move on from a past offensive coordinator. There is somebody new in that room, right? They did not go out and sign anybody in the offseason and trusted in this team. Their first-round pick... Hardly ever hear his name. And there are things that I can, I can, you know, accept. And there's not a lot that I wouldn't accept when it comes to what this team is so far in this season. But you look at the playoff picture. Buffalo, Cleveland, Miami, Baltimore. I mean, Baltimore, I think, is, has proved that they are the alpha dog in the AFC. I think that they are. Lamar Jackson now sits at minus 180 as the MVP favorite. They handled business last night in San Francisco as underdogs and, and really just took care of business. Once it was 13 to 12, the game essentially was over after that. And Baltimore showed that, hey, it's their AFC this year. You're going to have to come take it from us. And this is the first year in the last five that really the Chiefs aren't that team at the top where you're saying to yourself, okay, it's the Chiefs and maybe, right? Last year and the year before, it's the Chiefs and maybe Cincinnati. Before that, it's the Chiefs and maybe Buffalo. Now it's Baltimore, maybe Miami. Yeah, the Chiefs are in there, but they're broken and they don't trust each other and the team looks off. Fair assumption to have. Day off today to get it right. We hear it. Clean it up. Lack of trust. Trust issues. What the Raiders are doing to the Chiefs. How they schemed better. How they lost to the Green Bay Packers. Things that you don't see. We mentioned earlier, Patrick Mahomes, 27 completions, 17 of them at or behind the line of scrimmage. Something's different. Something's not the same as the past. And again, what I've said is when you're at the top and you're one of those players that, you know, you put yourself there, you put your franchise there, the scrutiny does come a little bit more often. It comes a little bit more harsh. And the fact that you put yourself there is because of past success and figuring things out, cleaning things up before this playoff picture starts. And right now in the first time in, I don't know, five years, 
the Chiefs are not that team at the top where everybody says, well, it looks like you're going to have to go through Arrowhead in order to get to the Super Bowl. Now you might have to go through Maryland. 913-586-7610. I guess I'll just always be connected to Kay Adams. What's with Kay Adams' outfit today? I knew she had a flaw somewhere. She has no flaws. Other than the fact that she didn't get the opportunity to meet me at the NFL draft. Other than that, that's a minor flaw. Just a minor flaw. But again, you look to kind of take a piggyback narrative from that. You look at the flaws within this team. And I think the biggest flaws that you see in this team, as opposed to other teams in the past, talking about the Chiefs, is that, sure, I'll listen. You know, I'll listen to those. Well, they just don't have anybody, you know, chewing somebody out. The play calling is still different because there's still people that are going to have the belief that, yes, it's still Andy Reid's offense. But, again, we know that in the past that the head coach is going to lean and trust on the quarter, on the offensive coordinators to get it done and get it right. And you're seeing frustration from Patrick Mahomes in getting the plays to the line of scrimmage. You're seeing a lackluster of sort of pizzazz to get to the line of scrimmage when it's like, hey, man, like, I get it. It's the Raiders. I get it. You're at home. But – you got to get some better tempo. You got to get some some more juice moving forward. And it's crazy to think that here we are going into week what seventeen, that you're going to have this many flaws in your offense, this many trust issues. Because look, you heard Dana Hughes's comments, you heard Derek Johnson's comments, and and hopefully the Chiefs do see this game. And it is one of those in-house meetings where everybody kind of calls each other out. It's not. To me, that's not the worst thing in the world. You can have constructive criticism. If you go through life without it, you're not going to be the best you that you can possibly be. You need someone to call you out on your flaws. You need someone to be that person. And in this locker room, they need someone. They need someone to be that person. That Raul Abanez from 2014. That Mike Moustakis in the locker room. And I get it. You've seen Mahomes, but it's in a way of, I'm putting my frustration and lashing out against the officiating, the play calling, even though my own teammate was lined up offsides. I'm frustrated at my offensive line because of the pressure that I'm seeing today. Something needs to happen when it comes to accountability and getting into somebody's ass. End all, be all, that's what this team needs. Not always the best, right? You don't always love constructive criticism. I went for the first five years of my life at this radio station. You do what they call air checks. Your boss listens to five minutes of a topic that you think you could take to the air, and then he just chops you down. Getting you ready for that J Southland tow service text line, 913-586-7610. K. Adams or Kelly Kapowski. K. Adams. There might be two people above K. Adams in my life when it comes to celebrity ladies, and that's probably Paige Sporanic and probably, not probably, but is Margot Robbie. Then you can throw K right there. That's your top three. Let's get into the random question. Random question. It is the end of the holiday of Christmas and other holidays that you might celebrate. So today's random question, similar to how we do things at night on After Hours with the out of left field question. My question today is, how long do you take to get the Christmas decorations down? Do they come down tonight or do you leave everything up until the new year? I'm interested to know the length of time that the decorations stay up. Quentin, when do you take yours down? Well, you should, you should probably go first because the text line is just going to call me a Grinch again. So let's let's just see. Go ahead. Let them know why. Okay. Uh, I don't decorate for holidays. So I know that 
Not I, even a tree. Yeah, I don't have a – no, nothing. I don't got a tree, nothing. Mm. Um, I know that, like, historically, my mom is big into, like, decorating. So as soon as – big into Halloween and then – Halloween goes away. She's little, she'll leave some of the stuff up because it's still like fall-ish. And then once uh, post-Thanksgiving, every everything Christmas comes out, and that'll stay up until the new year. Like some of the Christmassy stuff will come out will will come down over the next couple weeks, but then the winter stuff will stay up until spring rolls around. Okay. Cause I feel like today is one of those like unanimous a lot of people took the day off like this building is empty oh yeah like i think our boss was here for 10 minutes and already left so i feel like today is one of those things you know kind of take it all down because the worst is like the individual decorations off the tree like yeah. the ornaments that you got to put back in the box and put the box back in the storage compartment then get it all done but i was wondering if people are still kind of you know we let it up for the whole year Breaking news, the Grinch doesn't decorate for holidays. Yeah. Oh, well, just teasing Casey Kurt. Um, my sister-in-law, when they moved into their new house, they moved in right around the Christmas time, and so they put their fake tree up, right, in mm-hmm. their basement. Um, and they've lived in that house for almost two years now, over two years now, and they have, they've never taken the Christmas tree down. What she does is she just decorates the tree for other seasons. So mm-hmm. it becomes a Valentine's Day tree. It becomes a Halloween tree. It becomes a Thanksgiving tree. Mm-hmm. That's kind of nice. Somebody on the text line said, it's finally good to hear one of your clowns on 610 finally admitting, I'm trying to see, finally admitting the truth that Mahomes needs to have a complete refresh button. Push, they don't have anybody. They should have never given up on Tyree Kill. I don't care what people say that they want a Super Bowl without him. This will have been a failed 10 years in Canada. I don't know what's going on with this text. It's all over the place. But I'm glad that you don't think I'm a clown. Or you think I'm a clown, but you think I'm happy to be a clown. Do I amuse you? Am I funny? Funny how? Do I make you laugh? I didn't think I get called a clown today. I thought I was going to get a lot of a lot of, a lot lot of, of pain. Indoor decor comes down first weekend after New Year's. Outdoor decor comes down depending on the weather. That's a good point. The weather part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody says, I'm taking ours down right now. Everything comes down today. Boy, Christmas is fast. For something that takes, that goes up pretty early, like you would think that a lot of people probably put their decorations up, what, night after, earlier before Thanksgiving? Because Thanksgiving kind of is like a hybrid with decorations. A lot of people will have, like, the, the trees and still stuff up, but then they'll, you know, have your, what do they call that, a cornucopia? Is that the Thanksgiving yeah. thing? Just kind of a mix, but today a lot of people are off. A lot of people are, you know, it's the day after Christmas, whatever. It's return day. I figured this would be a popular day. I think CDOT says that Christmas starts during the Cowboys game on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. or, like, after the Cowboys game on Thanksgiving. And then it ends after the Chiefs lose to the Raiders? <laughs> it's fine if you don't decorate. The problem we have with you is your attitude of sin- superiority towards people. Dang, Clinton, you're pissing all the people. I'm glad that you're taking. I know. A shot I'm taking all the anger. Me. We had a conversation before it showed was was uh. who was going to get the more hate, and I guess I'm receiving it. We've got an ugly sweater party at the end of January. At the end of January, with all of our buddies, they'll come down after that. Wife loves Christmas, so it all works. Yeah, should be a crime to leave up decorations past New Year. As the random question is, when do you take your Christmas decorations down? I doubt anybody's taking their lights down tonight. 
when I was a kid, the family would leave the decorations up, and then they took them down uh, New Year's Day because nobody works New Year. Well, I say nobody, but our family nobody worked on Chris on New Year's Day, so that day was always like you got up, got around, ate some breakfast, brunch, whatever it was, and then it was like, all right, come help out with the decorations going down. But it is uh, it is definitely a, a complete 180 of feelings, taking stuff down for Christmas, then putting it up. You pull out the decorations, you're like, oh, wow, I've had this since 1997. That's pretty awesome. And then you're taking it down, you're like, where's that damn box to put this in? I'm tired of this already. Yeah, you're putting it up. You're listening to uh, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. You're all happy. Then you're like, I can't believe, where's the box for mm-hmm. this? It only fits in this one box. Yeah. 913, a couple of days after New Year's Eve, Christmas tree and the lights on. It is an absolute vibe. Yeah, Christmas Eve's a vibe. I found that out from the group text. A lot of my buddies were, we were talking back and forth, like, hey, what's going on? What's everybody doing on Christmas Eve? Because some of our friends, they, you know, they'll, they live close. Like, hey, once the kids go down, come over, have a few drinks, you know, hang out, whatever. Kind of, you know, intake the holiday there. But then there was a, what I found out, I didn't know this, found this out this year. Kind of can't wait to get in a, in a relationship again. Christmas Eve's a, a busy night to get busy, apparently. And all the signs lead to it of why you would, right? It's a feel-good vibe. You got whatever holiday movie you've got on. You're waiting for the kiddos to go to bed so St. Nick can come drop off the extra presents around the trees. Oh, what are you doing? Wrapping yourself. Drinking a little, you know, having a little wine, having a little burb, a few sodas. And you start to get that, you know, little loosey goosey. You start to get that that feeling of like, hey, let's let's go let's go take care of us, mama. You know, I found that out this week, and I was I went to the game uh, yesterday with with like my one of my good friends. It was uh, his father in law and his son, and we went and watched the game. And uh, I brought this conversation up, and neither one of them denied it. I was like, oh, so this is kind of like a, a Christmas, you know, tradition. Christmas Eve, mom and dad wrap the presents once the kids are sound asleep because you know they're trying, like, you know, hard as hell to go to sleep. You go in there and start, you know, you get after it. That's all I have to say. We'll have Nate Taylor. We'll ask him about that on the other side. He loves when I make him uncomfortable. Inside decorations will start coming down tonight. Outside decorations will stay on past Valentine's? Yes, that's my parents. I was born at the end of September. I didn't get blank on Christmas Eve. Wife wasn't having any part of it. Well, if that's the case. You know, takes two to tango. Nate Taylor coming up on the other side. This is Cody and Gold. That's Quentin. I'm Dusty. This is 610 Sports Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.